Howdy folks, welcome to another episode of DevOps Diaries. I am super honored to be joined by Randy of Salesforce Cha-Cha in this episode, the best Salesforce newsletter out there, in my opinion. Um, Randy and I talk in this episode about his experience as a Salesforce consultant and how having a different background than is conventional is a superpower to uh, being successful as a consultant in the Salesforce ecosystem. We also chat a little bit about Michael Jordan and how his story is applicable to the Salesforce world and consulting world as well, especially as it pertains to changing DevOps culture. I hope you enjoyed the episode. It's a short one and I will catch you again on another Hey, Randy, welcome to DevOps Diaries. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Jack, really appreciate you having me on. Really looking forward to talking with you. Yes, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. I think um, I think we're going to have a bit of fun today. Um, so um, I've been really looking forward to getting you on, being able to talk to you about your experience with Salesforce and uh, obviously talk about the what I think is an amazing newsletter that you, you produce for the Salesforce ecosystem, uh, Salesforce Cha-Cha. Um, if folks are unfamiliar with Salesforce Cha-Cha, it's a great newsletter that Randy produces um, with with a peer in the Salesforce ecosystem, which contains a whole bunch of a bunch of fun stuff, which we're definitely going to talk about. But it includes memes and emojis and all the good things that that we like it in in newsletters. So I'm really excited to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, but Randy, um, for the listeners, give us a little bit about a bit about your background and a little bit of your Salesforce story, which is quite an interesting one um, from when we chatted before. Yeah, sure. So prior to getting into Salesforce, I was in supply chain for a while. And um, the introduction into Salesforce was we actually kind of mentioned the peer who co-writes for Salesforce Cha-Cha. He's a 100x death. His name is Chad, probably mentioned him a few times. Um, Chad Countryman. He is a really talented developer. And he's like, you know, when you're playing basketball as a kid and you have... You're picking teams, you have captains. Chad's always that guy that you pick first because he's super talented, he's super reliable, and you're always going to win when you have Chad on your team. So he's a 100x dev. The last year that I was working with him at a previous role in, a, in supply chain, he was pivoting from .NET to Salesforce. He went on and got a Salesforce engineering role at a Salesforce implementation partner. And about a year later, they hit me up and asked me if I was interested in helping with their Salesforce delivery. And so, Jack, this is my opportunity to work with Chad again and to be winning again. So absolutely took them up on that. That was my introduction and my initiation into Salesforce. And the Salesforce journey was very interesting for me. I was the VP of client services for five years. I was responsible for about 35 consultants and developers, about 25 clients. And definitely learned a lot on that Salesforce journey. Uh, I'll give you a couple items that really stick out to me and that were really impactful to the Salesforce journey was, so first one is Salesforce professionals really love Salesforce, which is super they awesome. Do. They do. <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> it like seems obvious, but like do garbage men really love garbage or do, do SAP consultants really love SAP? And I know an SAP consultant and he hates SAP. And I know some horrible consultants and they don't really like Oracle, but Salesforce, consult, Salesforce consultants really love Salesforce. And that made my journey much easier being responsible for 
the success of Salesforce consultants, them loving what they do is huge. Um, another part of the journey that was really, really important for setting me up for success is Salesforce as a platform. And so like, it's kind of like the SaaS platform, but I didn't previously have experience in SaaS platform. I knew what it was, but now being in it, it's awesome. I love SaaS platform. It's like a yeah. jigsaw puzzle where what's the first thing you do when you're building a jigsaw puzzle, kind of build out those edges. And then you kind of know what goes in, but then inversely, you know what doesn't belong. So if you're building a puzzle of like the New York skyline, and then you get a piece that's like the Eiffel Tower, it's like, oh, you know, that doesn't belong here. Like that's all platform. So it really helps you to make kind of big decisions kind of very simply. It's like it's on here or it's not. Kind of like an Apple iPhone too. Like you can do some things on the iPhone, but there's some things you just cannot do. Like you can on Android. So SaaS platform, huge fan. Really like it. Um, third thing that wasn't wasn't so amazing as those first two is so I didn't previously have experience with Salesforce or consulting, and I needed to learn it really fast. And so I did what everybody would do, and I explored the vastness of the internet and looked far and wide to find try to find all of all of the things and learn all the things. And what I found was that there wasn't much. There were some things for Salesforce and there's some things for consulting, but there wasn't really a good resource to put it all together. What was out there was kind of very fractional. And another thing, what was out there was also really boring and really drab, kind of not fun to read. And that's, you know, not a knock on any Salesforce writing. That's how all kind of business and professional writing is. Uh, for me, it was just, I had to consume so much information because I didn't have the experience that it was it was hard because it was so drab and boring. And that was definitely an inspiration for Salesforce Cha Cha was to be entertaining and be insightful. But yeah. that, those are definitely really big pieces to my Salesforce journey and how how I came to view the Salesforce ecosystem and and Salesforce professionals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you certainly do have, have achieved that with Salesforce Cha-Cha. Like I'm an avid fan. I think that's already apparent from the, the short short intro that, that I just did um, just now. Um, so really, in, really interesting journey. Um, the backgrounds that you have in supply chain comms and that's that world before like I, I fully appreciate like diverse backgrounds and coming into salesforce with absolutely no knowledge that's mimics my journey i've come in a different way um to you but didn't know salesforce didn't know SaaS products didn't didn't have any any clue really um but i did have a background well, like my background is is in recruitment or it was prior to uh prior to working for Gearset, which did give me a good idea of um, people and how people make changes in different businesses, how you apply different skill sets to achieve business outcomes was a key focus of mine when I was recruiting, which I think has helped me significantly in my Salesforce journey from, uh, from a different, different perspective. What are kind of the key things that you've taken from your supply chain ops background and applied that to consulting and Salesforce specifically? Yeah, I don't know for sure. I definitely appreciate coming from a different background like you did and getting into something else and still being able to carry over some of those core skills that you learn somewhere else that I think are applicable everywhere. Supply chain was, it was really fun. They're really fun problems to solve. Some of the major, you know, on the surface, supply chain and Salesforce consulting are, you know, not very similar, but there's 
a lot of things was able to bring over from supply chain on day one into Salesforce consulting that was hugely impactful um, and helpful for me. I'll give you a couple of them. One of them is, is process, business process, process improvement, supply chain, kind of like manufacturing is one of those industries that is heavily focused on process. Mm -hmm. And think about Salesforce, Salesforce is technology. Technology is automated process. So having a, a good eye for process and being able to identify, understand it, break it down and explain it to others, like we did very often in supply chain, was very applicable to Salesforce consulting. And that was probably the biggest thing that helped me on day one to carry over from supply chain to Salesforce. Another one was scale. This is kind of an interesting one. So the supply chain that I worked in was, it's the GOAT of supply chain. It's like the Michael Jordan of supply chains. I just, like, there's a little controversy with Michael Jordan. Like maybe it's Kobe or maybe it's LeBron. We all know Michael's the GOAT. Michael is the GOAT. That's, that's undisputable. Yeah. Undisputable in my mind. Totally <laughs> agree. I can't believe there's people that think otherwise. But uh, I worked in Amazon supply chain and there is no controversy. That is the vanguard of supply chains. It was when I was there a long time ago, still is today, and still will be. Yeah. The scale that they achieved is like a achievement of mankind. It is huge and it's amazing. I'm still kind of wrapping my head around it and learning all the things, but one of the big takeaways of it was this lens of like looking at things five years out. And what I mean by that is if somebody brings me a problem or a solution or a tool or technique, kind of the first, first place my mind goes is like, what does that look like in five years? Like, is that going to die off in five years? Is that going to be stronger in five years? Um, is that problem going to multiply or exponentially get bigger in five years where we're going to need something else? Or maybe there's just some policy change on the horizon and that problem is not even exist in five years. So maybe we don't need to think about that solution. But having that lens of looking five years out has helped to kind of achieve scale very quickly, make quick decisions on it. Yeah, yeah, no, that that that, that, that I agree with. No, that I, I agree with entirely. Having that that forward-looking vision is what a lot of folks can particularly. I mean, that, that that becomes a little bit difficult, especially in times like recession um, that we've kind of been through or still going through. I guess it depends which analyst you speak to. Um, but but you know that that versatility and that ability to pivot to change um, is sometimes un, a little bit unpredictable. But if you have that forward-looking vision, you know you can't. Nobody has a crystal ball, right? But if you have solid reasoning and the logic, then then you can deduce a lot of that. And I think Salesforce allows for that, like you say, with your jigsaw puzzle and putting that all together once you've got those edges built, for sure. Um, sorry, you're going to say a third thing there as well, and I completely cut you off. Yeah, no, no worries. The third thing was, I think it ties the first two together, kind of the process and the scale. You kind of, to make all of that work, you need culture, strong culture. And Amazon had that. And, you know, there's an argument if it's like burnout culture or whatever, but I'll just, I'll put it this way. is like, picture a million people across the globe. Some of them in glass tower office buildings, most of them in 1 million square foot warehouses, all doing the same dance to the same song, 24 seven, nonstop. And sometimes that song changes and sometimes that dance changes, but it just continues to go, continues to go. You can only achieve that level of coordination and that level of alignment with really strong culture. Whether it's you know, positive or negative and burnout culture or whatever, I would definitely say it's a very agreeable culture if they scaled up to the size that they're at. And 
recreating that in some of the places that I've worked at a much smaller scale has definitely been great help. So supply chain background was able to take a lot of it and carry a lot of it over into Salesforce consulting. And I think it applies to a lot of other professions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Culture, culture is a massive thing. Um, something that we talk about at Gearset and something that I talk about regularly, as well as cultural shifts, especially as you look to adopt new processes. I think that culture change, especially when it pertains to process, like you mentioned there, you know, that dance changing or the song changing, your process changes regularly in a DevOps environment until you reach something that really, really works. But even then you'll be fine tuning and fine tuning and fine tuning. Um, you know, DevOps is all about continual improvement and, you know, um, having a culture that values that and allows you to look at your processes and the tooling tech stack or whatever it is retrospectively every, as part of every sprint, you know, is hugely important. Um, I actually, uh, I'm actually glad you brought it I'm going to carry on the Michael Jordan thing for a second here. So um, have, you seen the, have you seen The Last Dance? Um, no, I haven't. It was on during the pandemic and I never got around to seeing it. <laughs> so so I watched The I watched the Last Dance recently, um, fairly recently within the last six months, six months or so. Um, my girlfriend was just like, you need to watch it. Like, it's so good. Like Michael Jordan's the, the best. Like, she loves Michael Jordan. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's come through to me by osmosis. But... Um, something that I think is really interesting about the Michael Jordan story, and that's highlighted in The Last Dance, is Michael in his first years at the Bulls wasn't successful. So he didn't start winning championships until his seventh, uh, seventh, eighth year. And Michael Jordan is known for his win mentality. He wants to win. Like he wanted to win then. He still he, he believed he could win and he wanted to win. And he, he had that from the start. However, the Bulls didn't start winning championships with Michael until he until he then started to instill that mindset and work with the people on the Bulls roster as well to help them win and lift them up. So it wasn't until he took himself out of the equation and started to lift up others that Bulls started winning championships and um, three feet twice, um, which, which I, think is, I, th I think is something that can apply to any, any team, not just, not just a Salesforce team, you can, especially as it pertains to DevOps or process improvements, like you can be, you can be amazing. You can be, you can be the goat, you can be as highly talented as Michael Jordan is, but until you, until you put the onus on the team environment and the team culture as well, and start to shift, shift that mindset and lift other people, people up and the organization's talent pool up, that's when you're going to be really successful. Um, is that something that you've seen or something that, would resonate with you as you've kind of transitioned from supply chain to consulting? Both everywhere. I think that that's applicable everywhere in sports and supply chain and consulting team culture, that team mentality is so important. And then for me specifically, I've always been not the most talented person on the team. And there's always been people who are so much better at everything. And I love being around that love being exposed to how things can be done and whether I'm able to do them myself or not, but it just kind of breaks my frame. Like, oh, it was absolutely incredible. And to build a team that is cohesive and able to achieve, you know, super cliche, but able to achieve so much more together and singularly, we were able to do that at the Salesforce partner that we were at. We were a very small team who had very large clients and we were able to make it work because we had a very strong team culture along with really 
extremely talented individuals on the team. So that definitely speaks to me. Yeah. What's um, in working for working for those sales Salesforce partners and and consulting? What what is aside from that collaboration and that culture of uh, that culture that we're, that we've just been talking about? What makes Salesforce projects successful in your mind? Yeah. There's so there's a saying like good is predictable, great varies. And the good, the predictable part of it, it's all all the things that we all know. It's like, one, you got to do the work. Number two, create strong relationships with your clients. Three, um, communicate very, very well. Often those things slip through the cracks and you can be unsuccessful. But if you really just follow those three kind of core things, you're setting yourself up to be successful. But to be great, I'll give you a couple examples of some of the great consultants that we worked with that really took it, took it over the top. There was um, one girl that we worked with. She was so great at synthesizing, understanding, and teaching business process. And the way she was able to communicate with clients, she could just intake information and spit it back out in just super eloquent way that really made the client feel comfortable. Just so amazing at that. She was exceptional at that. And that really took her over the top to kind of being great. And we had another consultant you know, she did all the things, she communicated well, created that strong relationship with other things. But the thing that she did exceptionally well that made her great is she just cared a lot. She cared about her mm -hmm. clients, I would say more than her clients cared about themselves. She cared about Salesforce, maybe more than Salesforce cares about it. She just cared so much. She put in the work, but that amount of caring, it rubs off on the clients and they can see that. And they're like, this person has my back. Um, I can trust this person. They're always looking out for me and they're always delivering. So for that, that greatness, you can have kind of those core skills, but just be like super great and exceptional at one of them. And that'll, as long as you're doing those core things, communicating, uh, creating good relationships and putting in the work, anything on top of that is really kind of gravy, but you got to do the core thing. To be mm. Yeah. Is there any common pitfalls that you see if, if I mean, uh, I guess is there any kind of projects where you where you've kind of analyzed it retrospectively and gone that that wasn't great or that's a pitfall that we can definitely avoid and something if we don't address it then we're is likely to repeat. Yeah, the, the recurring one that hit me in the face about 50 times was that consultants don't make decisions. Consultants set the client up for success to make good decisions. But consultants don't make decisions. So as an example, if you are telling the client that, hey, this, this batch job integration is what you need, so we're going to put that in place, whether that works well or not, something is going to happen down the line where they're disagreeable. Maybe it's just one exceptional scenario, but it's disagreeable down a batch job integration. And now that's on you, the consultant, who made that decision. You didn't set the client up for success to make a decision, you made the decision for them. And whether it is right or wrong is almost irrelevant. We're not, consultants serve the client. Consultants don't make decisions for clients. So that was a really big learning experience for me. So that's interesting. So what, what would be, if we think about setting the client up for success then, instead of saying, we create the batch job for you, what is the, what's the inverse of that to do things the right way to set them up for success? Yeah, it's, again, it's doing the work and it's 
laying it all out for the client. As an example, here's choice A. Here's the pros and cons of choice A. Here's the business impacts. Short term, make more money. Long term, it'll even out. Here's choice B. Here's the pros and cons for choice B. And here's the impacts for that. You can make a recommendation. You can paint the picture a little more detail and you know less detail or whatever. But giving the client the information that they need and importantly that they can understand and consume so that they can make those, they can make a quality decision for their business and for their the things that they're responsible for. It, it varies how much work you need to put in for that. Some some decision makers can synthesize things very quickly and can make a decision very quickly. Others, they kind of need a spoon fed. That's totally fine. When it comes to Salesforce implementation, if you're working with a VP of sales, you can't expect them to understand all of the macro and micro of software implementation. You know, their their job is to sales and to hit these revenue numbers, to manage their sales teams, and a whole lot of things that don't have anything to do with technology. So getting someone like a VP of sales set up as a Salesforce consultant, when our perspective is is much different, our measures of success are different. It's it's art and science, but it's something that needs to be done to get the client set up for success. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned just there advice is easily digestible, readable and what have you. And that's something that we spoke about, or uh, you mentioned at the very start of the start of the podcast is inspiration for Salesforce Cha-Cha. So here, here comes the big plug again. Salesforce Cha-Cha is, is amazing. Let's 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 dive in, dive into the journey. So, how does how does Salesforce Charge come about, and what tipped you over the edge to go? Yeah, me me and uh, me and Chad are going to do this. Salesforce Charge was totally inspired by time and my time as uh, VP of Client Services for Salesforce Salesforce Implementation Partner, and it's all of the things that I wish I had throughout my journey, and I'm so glad that I have now. It's so number one, it's, it's a vibe. It's like, it's content. Yes. But I want it to be a vibe. Like, you know, you know, the cha-cha slide. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Have you, have you ever <laughs> seen anybody? <laughs> yes. <laughs> have you ever seen anybody doing the cha-cha slide, not having a great time? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I, I haven't. That is the vibe that we want to have with Salesforce cha-cha. It's like, first and foremost, it's a good time. It's something that we want people to want to read. We don't want force people. We don't want, oh, you better read this or you're going to fail at this or you better, you know, you want people to want to read it. And we want it to be that positive vibe. People like the Cha-Cha slide. We would love for people to like to read Salesforce Cha-Cha. Well, that was number one. We really wanted people to want to read it. In that same vein, we want it to be entertaining first. It has a lot of really good insights, but we want it to be entertaining. I think that that helps nurture people wanting to read it. And that was also my experience of reading. Most business publications are, are kind of boring and drab. I don't want to read it. Even if they're really insightful, it's just like, ah, if there are like two of them on my mind, it's just emotional. I want to move on to something else. Howdy folks. So this is usually around the point where you would expect a short advert for a gear set. And you're right. Um, this happens to be that spot, but it also happens to be the end of the episode. Uh, Randy and I unfortunately got caught, caught short in this conversation, um, but we are hoping to revisit and dive back into a little bit of Salesforce Cha-Cha. I really hope you've enjoyed the insights into this episode. And if you have, 
you can like and subscribe and on whatever platform it is that you happen to be listening on right now. Um, I would love to hear your feedback and Randy would too. In other news, as always, this podcast is sponsored by Gearset, the all-in-one DevOps platform and solution for your Salesforce release management and your backups. We are currently running the State of Salesforce DevOps 2024 survey. If you're interested in taking part in that, you can head over to gearset.com for more information and have the opportunity to back yourself a thousand dollar amazon gift card uh, head over to gearset.com for more information and terms thank you so much for listening to another episode of DevOps diaries i've been your host chat mccurdy and i will catch you on another episode in a couple of weeks